We'll be in the book of Genesis this morning. Let's see everyone back. Book of Genesis, chapter 1. So, so far, let's kind of have a quick review of what we've gone over. How many gods are there? One. Yeah. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Because I want to try to, I may selectively pick some out. And that God exists in how many people? Everyone. Three, Chris? Everyone. No. God is one God. And how many, and that God consists of how many people? God and how many persons? One. Three. 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 One God, three people. Yeah. That's kind of tricky, but we'll get there. We'll get there. All right? Not three gods, one God and three persons. And we'll learn more about that, remember, when we get into the creation of man. It'll make more sense to you. Right now, I know it's kind of fuzzy out there. All right? Um, how long has God been here? You have to raise your hand. <laughs> Did God have a beginning? Is He the only one that knows the answer? Did God have a beginning? No. Right. That's the only one that wants answer. Right. It gives me an idea, though, how uh, how the information is getting across and what I need to repeat. So, um, so uh, if y'all don't mind, let me see see how how well the information is getting in. Um, and so God created angels. So where did the devil come from? Tanya? He was an angel. He was an angel. That's right. And God created. Did God create the devil? No. The, de the devil went against God. Yeah. Right. Which in turn, right. Made, made, I don't know how to how to word it. Um, no, go ahead. All right. You're, you're right, though. Go ahead. He he was an angel, but he, he, when he became a fallen angel by uh, wanting to be uh, higher than God, right? Then he, he became you know when he was cast yeah. to cast to uh, earth or cast cast down out right. of the heavens. Right. He was created as that person. His name was Lucifer, which means light bearer. God, everything God creates is good or bad. Everything He creates is good. good. Everything's perfect. But remember, He gave the angels a free will because the ability for you to love is hinged on your ability to choose. And Lucifer chose against God, and so. Um, he created an act of tyranny, is what he did. A, a, a rebellious act against the kingdom of heaven. All right, so uh, we're going to get back into the creation of the earth where we left off a couple of Sundays ago. Where we left off with God uh, creating the light. Remember in verse 14, if you're looking, uh, excuse me, not verse 14, uh, look in uh, verse um, 3. 
And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Everything God creates, He creates by His Word. He speaks and it stands fast. Or as the, one of the scriptures says, He spoke and it stood fast. Um, so He creates by His Word. And if you look in verse 4, God saw the light that it was good. Everything God makes is good. He speaks by His Word. His Word is good because God is good and perfect. And then in verse 5, uh, we, He called the light day and the darkness night because He separated the light from the darkness. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So now this morning we'll get into the second day of creation. And let's go ahead and look here now in verse 6. But remember, the evening and the morning were the first day. So God created light. The light has not yet been formed yet. It's there, but it has not yet been organized. The earth rotates. The evening and the morning are the first day. Not a billion, billion years, but 24-hour rotation. Okay? Now let's put a look here at the second day. Verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. All right. So remember, at this time, the um, the earth, if you'll remember in verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So right now, the earth, like the light, is not organized yet. The All of the uh, ingredients are there, but it's like having a, a cake mix, and, and nothing's been, you know, the... Nothing's been added and separated and everything hasn't been put in its place yet. Or better than that, it's like having a, a box uh, full of, of all the parts and screws that you need, but there's still some assembly required, okay? So God made the earth, and now we're watching him assemble the earth, organize the earth, organize the light as he pleases. And so now he says, uh, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. So God's going to take some of the water on the earth and divide it from the rest of the water, and he's going to make a firmament. So an earth, the earth is here. Of course, it's all watery. The face of the deep, as the Bible describes it. He said, let there be a firmament. So now we're going to have a dividing space. And there's going to be waters above the firmament. Whoops. I was doing that so intensely, and I don't know my own strength. It's incredible. From the waters that are... Below the firmament. So this is the firmament here. Firmament. And so we would call this the sky. Alright? And now there's water above it and there's water below it. What's this water here? Can you still go outside and see a dividing space between water on Lake on Cedar Creek Lake and water up above the sky? Huh? They're clouds. Yeah. 
everyone as a kid, I used to look up at the clouds and do like everyone else, and you pretend and you look at what kind of shapes they are and everything. And I remember thinking, I asked my mother one time when I was a kid, I said, would it be possible to go up into an airplane, get a mason jar, get part of a cloud, put a lid on it, and bring part of that cloud back to earth? And uh, I didn't realize that the clouds were simply water. It's just water. So it's, you have water in the solid form here on earth, and of course through the heat of the light, it evaporates, then it comes up here, uh, and now you have water in a gas form until it cools, turns back into water, and then rains back into liquid, and then rains back down. But you have this firmament here of heaven, okay? Now, let's go ahead and look. Uh, verse 7, And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. Did you know that the average big storm cloud weighs about the same amount of weight as a freight train? It's amazing. And here it is, and, and, and it comes overhead, and we look up at it, you know, and we fear maybe a little drop getting on our head, or maybe the, the rain coming down hard and us getting wet, but no one gets scared and thinks, oh, I hope that thing don't fall on me. But think about the incredible design of that water. You, you can only go so deep in the ocean, and then the pressure, the weight of the ocean would actually crush you, which is why submarines have to be the way they are, and you have to have this pressure pushing outward. And uh, You can only go so far down. But God can take, you know, a million pounds of water, and stick something the, the, the weight of a freight train and just let it float gently over you. Isn't that amazing? That is wisdom. That is, that is absolutely amazing. And only God can construct something like that. And we take it for granted. We just go, we look at how many rain today. We don't think anything about the amazing weight that's overhead and the mass of water that it consists of. But that's what God did. And it was so. All right, verse 8. And God called the firmament heaven. All right? So don't be confused here. Because when we think of heaven, a lot of times we think of, you know, angels and harps and wings and things like that, which is nothing like heaven. Uh, and, uh, and we look here and we see heaven, and we think, oh my goodness, you know, so that's heaven up there in the sky? Well, yes and no. Okay? So <clears throat> we'll continue on. But this is called heaven, okay? <clears throat> it is above the earth, and there is water above that. Alright, let's go ahead and look here now. Uh, let's see here. Verse 7, God made the firmament and, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. It was so. Verse 8, and God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. So there's day 2 in the books. Verse 9, and God said that the waters under the heaven, all right, so now we're not, we're not concentrating on the waters up here above the firmament. Now we're looking back here, the waters under the heaven, let them be what? It says, let them be gathered together unto one place. What's going to happen when that happens? The dry land's going to appear, right? Because you're going to separate, you're going to go from having a big mud pie all right, to having a collection of water and dry land. And so he says, and let the dry land appear, 
And it was so. So now God divides light from darkness. He, he divides day from night. He divides water from water. Now he's dividing water from land. And so now we go from, from this, something that looks more like this, you know, and, and you got seas out here and things like that, all right? And so now he's organizing that. So look, look here down in verse 10, and God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. Notice everything God does, he looks and sees that it is good. Everything God makes is good. Verse 11. And God said, let the earth, all right, talking about the dry land, let the earth bring forth grass, and the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. All right, so we're going to spend a little bit of time here in verse 11. We have the dry land now, and now God's going to create the first stage of living creation, remember, was illumination. I just went out of space there, but it's illumination. Because nothing can live without light. Remember, we went over that. You have to have light to live. Our food, our energy, everything comes from light that God created before he created anything else. So the first stage of living creation was illumination. God said, let there be light. The second stage of creation, now that he's organized and prepared the earth to be able to sustain life itself, because in order for us to have the ecosystem, in order for us to have this, this, this life, we've got to have dry land for things to grow. We've got to have water up here so it can come down back there and have this cycle system with this incredible water system God made. And so now we see the next stage of living creation. It goes from illumination to vegetation. All right? That's your grass, your trees, uh, whatever you know, your black-eyed peas, whatever. It's everything that's vegetation, plant life, okay? And so if you look here now, in verse 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed. So God is creating plants, and he designed the plants to yield seed. Look here now. And the fruit tree yielding fruit. Underscore this in your Bible. After his kind. After his kind. Underscore this in the Bible. Whose seed is in itself. Whose seed is in itself. So, God designed the first living thing, the first living creation, the vegetation. He designed it to have its, to, to, as it grows up, to contain its own seed, to reproduce 
and it reproduces after its kind. In other words, you're not going to have, Natalie, if you have a peach tree, does that peach tree have its seed in itself? Where's that seed at? Where's the peach seed at? Do you know? You're eating a peach? If you're eating one that's whole, that's not already sliced up for you? In the center. In the center. That's right. The seed is in the center of that peach. A peach tree doesn't grow up and say, man, I hope someone will give me some seeds so I can make some more peach trees. No. Its seed is in itself, right? Just like God designed. And the seed always bears fruit after its kind. If you took a peach seed from a peach, Natalie, and you put it in the ground, do you think it would grow up and become a pomegranate or an apple tree? No. We know that it doesn't. Scientists know that it doesn't. There's no history or evidence of it ever doing anything else. We all know that what God creates, what He designed right here, and this was written thousands of years ago, and what He designed here is still going on today. It has, the vegetation has seed in itself, and it produces seed after its kind. That's how come each spring I can take seeds left over from what I grew the previous year, I can plant them in the ground, and I know I'm going to get the same thing come back. Because God designed it like that. And it still goes on today. And we're going to see that the way God made this design to, for whatever He creates to have seed within itself and then to reproduce after its kind goes for all of the living creation. It goes for the animals. It goes for the plants. It goes for people. I've had five children and not one time did I ever fear that one of my kids would come out and be some other creature. And we can depend on that no matter what wild tales we hear from people who say billions of years ago they weren't even here they just make stuff up when we can look and see with our own eyes how life really works let's look now uh, back in uh, verse 12 and the earth brought forth grass and herb, yielding seed after his kind, which is fascinating, by the way. You realize when you get that peach seed, it came from a peach tree, that came from a peach tree, that came from a peach tree, all the way back that came from the tree God first made right here. That's cool, isn't it? You're looking at a relic of the beginning. You're holding in your hand something that came from Genesis 1. When you look at each other, you're looking at something that came from Genesis 1. It's amazing. Now let's look here in uh, 
Oh, verse 12 again. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. So now that's the third day of creation. We have illumination in the beginning. We have vegetation now. The third day is concluded. But in between, he set things up so the vegetation could live in the right environment. All right. And now let's go ahead and move to the fourth day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. All right, so now God's going to take the light that he originally made when he said, let there be light. And just as he divided the waters from the waters and the water from the land, he organized it. He's now going to take the lights and divide that and organize the light in a certain uh, uh, formation as well. And so he says, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them, verse 15, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. So he's making the lights now and he says, here's what they're going to be for. They're going to be for signs, for seasons, for days, for years. They're going to actually help people keep track of time. And we still use them for that today, don't we? And uh, it's fun because you, you look back at an old movie and you'll see these Indians on and they'll say, three moons ago, you know, or something like that. And so that's what they're doing. And today we say three days ago, but what's the day? The day is the light of the sun. And so we're still, you know, our whole calendar is based on our Earth's rotating and the sun being on one side of us and on the other side. Everything's made that way. Miss Hensley has a birthday today. She's 91. Tammy and I plan to go see her. And that basically means 91 of these spinning around and traveling around this light that God made, we're still to this day using them for signs, seasons, days, years, all of that. Uh, uh, the the and, and it's just absolutely amazing. And so let's go ahead and look at the specificity of verse 16. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, what would that light be? Sun. The sun. And the lesser light to rule the night, what would that be? The moon. The moon. He made the stars also. So from this light, God makes all these smaller lights. And, and different lights and puts them at different places in the firmament of the heaven. And so now we see this. You've got heaven here. You've got water here. You've got heaven out here again. And we're going to learn a little bit more about heaven here in just a moment. And so let's look here now. And... Uh, but, but it's, it's the expanse, the space. Let's go ahead and look here now. Um, it says, uh, He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament, verse 17, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And they still do. The, the sun is the greater light. It rules the day. It 
it uh, um, uh, projects light. It projects light. The moon is the lesser light of the night. It reflects light. Both of them send light upon the earth, one through projection, the other through reflection. And then the stars also. And that's how come we can go out at night and still have a little bit of light to walk to my mailbox like I did last night, you know, and uh, and all that. But uh, but it's amazing what God has done. He, he, he set all these stars up there in the firmament of the heaven. And, and, uh, and so that's the organization of that illumination. Now, let's go ahead and look here in uh, verse... 19 in the evening and the morning with the fourth day. So now we have four days gone of creation. Verse 20. Uh, actually, before we get into that, let me give you this. Turn in your Bibles. Let me see here. Let me look this scripture up. It just came to mind. This is the first heaven, one just above the earth. This is the second heaven. That's for sure. And then there's a third heaven. And we'll get to that here in just a little bit. First heaven, that's where the birds fly. Second heaven, that's where the sun, the moon, the stars is. The third heaven is where God's manifest presence dwells. If you think of it like that. Just like God, there's not three heavens. It's one heaven in three unique compartments, if you would. Okay? And if you look here at this room, you have a room here, and you see that dividing space there? There's curtains right there behind us, and the curtain slides all the way across. This curtain's open to make room for more people in here. But behind you, there is another curtain that slid all the way across. And behind that curtain is another compartment, if you would. Now, is this one room or three rooms? It's one room divided into three spaces, you see. Heaven's that way. It's one place divided into three. God is one God, three persons. It's a trinity. His creation mirrors that. The, the, what God created is a reflection of the Creator itself. For example, you've got the firmament where the birds fly, the firmament where the moon and stars are, the firmament where God's manifest presence dwells, with the water that He divided. That water can exist in liquid. It can exist in gas. If it's down here on earth or somewhere else and it's cold, exists as solid. It's not three different waters. It's one water in three different phases or three different states of being. In the beginning, 
That's when God created time. That's when time began for us. God exists outside of time. But how did God make reality for earth in a trinity? Time, space, matter. If you take away any of those, you don't have existence for us anymore. Take away time, we're not here. Take away space, we have no place to be. Take away matter, you take us. We're gone. You have to have all three at the same time, just the same way you have water. It's, it's just the way, it's a reflection of everything. Time. Past, in the beginning, God made. Later, you'll see God's going to do something. On this day, on that day, on that day. Time exists. Past, present, future. You take away any one of those three, you no longer have time. But it's not three times. It's one time existing in three tenses. Everything God makes is a reflection of his own reality. And we see that, if you could think of it like this, when, when I was in law enforcement, I would look sometimes for fingerprints. And, 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 uh, or if it's a, a more important crime, you look for DNA. But I look for fingerprints. And I would brush dust for those prints and I'd lift them off and we'd compare them and then find out who they belong to. When God created the heavens and the earth, the three heavens, the three states of water, the, 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 the time, uh, past, present, future, all these things, when God created the heavens and the earth, he put his fingerprint on his creation. It's absolutely amazing. And so here now, if you'll look in Isaiah 40, verse 22, you talk to an astrophysicist, as I was saying before, they will tell you that the heavens are in a process of expansion. That is not a Bible teacher telling you, that is what the scientists will tell you. The, 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 the heavens, the outer space, it started here, and then it expanded outward. They'll always tell you that. And they say it's still expanding outward. That's what they believe. If you look here in Isaiah 40, verse 22, it talks about God and describes Him this way. It is He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain. Look at that, would you? So you have, let me turn this around here, you folks, so you can see what I'm talking about. This is that dividing space that I was talking about. And it stretches, it would stretch out all the way across. And you can see back here, folks, I'm about to make you all famous. You can see how it is stretched across in the back, see? Just like that, stretched all the way out. Thank you. Man, Tom, that was, that was kind of like the Price is Right model. That was really, really impressive. Hey, Danny, good to see you. 
So God takes the heavens and stretches them out. The very thing the astrophysicists say that happened with the earth. But God knew beforehand, God knew in the beginning, He wrote this way back then before there were any astrophysicists. And did you notice something? It says, it's He that sits on the what? The disk of the earth? The square of the earth? The circle of the earth. Now isn't that something? What about all those people who used to believe the earth was flat? They're still around. They're still around. They're still around. Boy, they sure are. But here we are with the Bible. Before we had telescopes, before we had uh, space missions where you could go up and then look back at the earth and say, yep, it's a circle, all right. And here's Isaiah, the prophet, riding through the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit riding through him, rather, telling us the earth's a circle. This is the Word of God, not the Word of man. So we have the heavens getting stretched out. We have the earth as a circle, just like uh, the Bible says. Now let's go ahead and look here now. Go back to Genesis. Back to Genesis. We've got a few minutes left still. And we're going to go to verse 20. Genesis 1.20. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great wells, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. How are they going to be fruitful and multiply? Because their seed is in itself, just like the trees. And fill the waters of the seeds, and let fowl multiply in the earth, in the evening, the morning, or the fifth day. Now let's look at this. If you have your pens, not want to underscore in your Bible, verse 20, God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature. Underscore those words. The moving creature. So now, we go to the third stage of living creation. We first had illumination, let there be light. Then we had vegetation, let the earth bring forth grass and trees and all these other things. Now we have animation. Which is why we call them animals. The difference between the animation and the vegetation is... Animals move, vegetation doesn't. You go plant you some peas out in the garden. You don't tell your wife, now be careful when you shut that gate. We don't want those peas to get out on the highway. We don't do that, do we? But now if you have cows, you're going to say shut that gate. We don't want those cows to get out on the highway. One is vegetation. The other is animation. Now, Vegetation is a single, a single compartment, if you would. It's a single body. That's all it is. Vegetables have bodies. They take in uh, one gas, they let out another, right? We get our oxygen from grass. 
So they, just like us, they take in one gas, they let out another. They take in nutrients from the earth and live. They take in the light and they live. They have a body. Animals, on the other hand, they're what we call a dichotomy. They're, vegetation has one part, the body. Animals have two parts. They have a body and a soul. A soul is, consists of your mind, your emotion, and your will. You get, uh, uh, I, watched a, I watched this morning a very wonderful sight as I was eating my oatmeal and listening to my sermon notes that I typed out. I had to play back to my oatmeal and refreshing myself on my study. And there was a cat that climbed down in my backyard. When the cat climbed out of my backyard, my chicken started watching the cat. Guess who else started watching the cat? Old Richard did. I got my BB gun out in case I had to take my chickens. I saw that cat hover down like this. That cat's coming over here. I thought he was going to try to get my chickens. I won't get them. But he wasn't. He saw a little molehill. He got down there and he was watching for that mole, watching for that mole, and finally he went, oh. and he came up there's that mole just a little bit. <laughs> and the cat didn't want to kill the mole, he wanted to play with the mole, so the cat dropped the mole, and the mole starts jumping at that cat and wanting to get that cat, and the cat would paw at that mole. Now, what were we seeing there? My chickens were afraid. That's emotions. The cat was having a great time. That's emotions. There was a will. There was a will in that cat. I made the decision to go catch that mole. The mole had a will. The will to live. I'm going to get out of here. The mole finally ran away. The cat kept chasing it last I saw. But there's a mind, emotion, and will. Plants don't have that. Plants don't wake up and go, oh man, this is a great ah. They don't think. You can't hurt their feelings. Animals are a dichotomy. They're two parts that make up one creature. Vegetation is one part that makes up one creature. Now, an animal is not two creatures. It's two parts that make up one creature. You see where we're going with this? And then when we get to the creation of man next week, you're going to see that we are made in the image of God. God specifically says so. And you will learn that we are three parts that make up one creature. Not three people. Oh, Richard's only one. I only keep up with one. But you and me are three parts that make up one creature. And I'll prove it to you. Just as I just proved that the cat and the mole, the moving creatures that have life, are two parts that make up one creature. Now, we've got the, the uh, animals in the sea, animals in the air. Let's look here now. In uh, verse 23, in the evening of the morning of the fifth day, verse 24, and God so let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. There's an after his kind again, see? Cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So God makes the creeping things, the little creepy crawlies, the bugs, the cows, the drafts, the dinosaurs, or whatever he makes, 
and God sees that it's good, and He makes it to make itself after its kind. Now look, I'm going to erase all this now. We're going to end with this. When I grew up, after its kind, when I grew up, in our textbooks in school, we had an ape here, and I know this don't look like an ape, but here's an ape. And then gradually, we had this hunched over figure, and then it slowly starts getting a little more erect, and then finally, you have a man, a very intelligent man. And I was told, and you were told, and they're still telling the world that man came from this monkey, and then over billions and billions of years, we finally got up to here. And they do this through the process of natural selection. And natural selection is that over time, there are improvements that happen in the species. When I was in the Howard Trill Academy, we had a very smart man, at least he thought he was smart. And he told us that the reason people are dying in car accidents was because we have not yet evolved to survive them. But he said over a period of time, he, in fact, he said horses used to see straight ahead and they would run and they'd fall off cliffs. So they evolved to where one eye sees down on the ground, the other looks in front of them, and now they don't fall off cliffs anymore. Now where was he to see a horse fall off a cliff? But that's just the way these evolutions think. But he said over millions of years, eventually if we keep driving cars, then we'll evolve to where we can survive the, the car wrecks. Actually, hadn't happened yet. It's not going to happen. And so this is supposed to be getting better and better and better to where now we are the superior species ruling the earth and we're no longer a monkey eating banana from the wrong direction swinging from the tail on the tree. And somehow along this line, we lost our tail. All right? We lost our tail. Now here's the thing. If this is true, and if, through natural selection, we continue with all of these incredible improvements over the billions of years, we still have monkeys. We still have people. How come the improvement over the monkey here isn't still here? How come these aren't still here? What happened to these? It's a lie. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. No. God made everything to reproduce after its kind. You can have evolution within a species. You will never have evolution outside a species. For example... If you take a greyhound dog and a rottweiler dog and you were to breed those dogs, they're both dogs, you're going to have a 
uh, a, a, a Dobman Pinscher. Dobman Pinscher is a Rottweiler and a and a, and a, 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 a Greyhound mixed together. All right. So you say, well, there's evolution. Yes, evolution within the species. You have a dog and a dog, and when you get through, you still have a dog. Okay. You can't take, as one of my friends wanted to do when he was little, a bird and a horse and make a Pegasus. It's not going to happen. He, he had it all laid out, all planned out. Never happened. Never will happen. So, you have evolution within the species. If you have a black person and a white person married, a man and a woman, they're still human race, you're going to have a, a child of, of, of a middle color. But it's still a child, it's still a human being. And so God made everything to make everything after its kind. You will never see anything any different. It's never been any different and never will be. For that, we'll go ahead and finish the Lord willing. We'll take back up next week with the creation of man. You're going to love the creation of man. We're going to learn a whole lot and we're going to see how we're three parts that make up one person.